Welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you focus on you and your community. My guest this week is Anthony David, who is a gun violence prevention activist and a member of Team Enough's Executive Council, which is a youth-led initiative through the organization Brady with the mission of ending gun violence. I talked with Anthony specifically about the mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado on March 22nd, as well as about the recent chain of shootings around the country. So with that introduction, let's get started with this episode featuring Anthony David. Okay. Um, well, hello, my name is Anthony David Jr. Um, I'm the DC president and I attend Harrisburg University of Science and Technology. Um, I started my activism work back in 2018 when, no, 2017, I'm sorry, uh, when I started my uh, ACLU chapter uh, here in D.C. at my uh, high school, Washington Lion Public Charter School. Um, and then going on from there, I started with uh, Students Man Action, uh, working as a social media coordinator um, for the D.C. chapter of Students Demand Action. Then I took a little break from activism starting my freshman year of uh, college, because as we all know, activism can be used totally draining. Um, and then jump back in when I, in the middle of the pandemic uh, with Team Enough. So that's where I am today as executive council member here with Team Enough. That's great. That, that was a great introduction. I'd love for you to tell me some about the experiences you've had or the um, the challenges you faced that brought you to this point in life where you felt like you needed to become an activist and you felt like you needed to make your voice heard. Okay, yeah, so what kind of brought me into this point? Well, growing up in DC, um, gun violence has always been a huge problem for many people uh, uh, living in uh, poor neighborhoods such as wards five, seven, and eight. and I don't know, it kind of seemed to be normalized and it's something that like we talk about but not necessarily do necessarily do anything about. And I don't know, growing up it's always been a problem and like it's always like hearing gunshots, like and it's just crazy. But it didn't really it started like affecting my life until my friend died in 2017. Uh he was killed in War Five of DC. And that's when it really like really like shocked my world. So moving on from there like trying and then that's when like a lot of things start to come into perspective where it's just like i don't know it kind of shows you the two realities of dc where you have like most of dc natives as we all know like dc was known as chocolate city and a lot of our black residents are going are being affected most by gun violence here in the city so a lot of times uh, going to my high school like i would see my white counterparts and just like gun violence wouldn't even be like a topic of conversation like and a lot of times in like a black in our black community like we like always say like oh make sure you get home safely like like safety is always like a number one concern when you're traveling through these neighborhoods so it's just like for me and going like visiting like my white friends across town like i don't know it just seemed like it was just two different worlds like you could safely walk in the middle of the night like through your neighborhoods not worry about a thing and it's just like 
when I walked through my neighborhood, it's just like, okay, I always have to be cautious. I mean, you have to be cautious everywhere, but I feel like you have to take that extra couple of steps when you're dealing with in a high crime area. So that, so that to me seemed like something that needs to be addressed, especially considering uh, how many people move to DC for their work. Like a lot of times we have uh, gentrifiers or transplants coming to DC, not even immersing in DC culture, not even immersing in DC issues, but yet we have these people move into DC and are able to vote for DC leaders. So it's just like, how would you even know what needs to be done for DC when you're not even from DC or not interacting with people who are from DC? And that right there, it's like, was, to me, was the biggest issue was the disconnect between oh, pe people actively using their platforms and people with the privilege to donate money, the privilege to, you know, have all these opportunities and not actively support the community that they're moving in. Like, yeah, the, the community that they're moving in. And also, like, gun violence isn't something that just isn't something that is just unique to DC. Gun violence is something that's you like it's something that affects everyone. Like as we've seen in uh, Atlanta, how we have a hate crime where a man comes in, a white man at that comes in and kills a whole bunch of Asian Americans. And like again, like gun violence affects everybody. Like white people, black people, Asians. Like it is just a reality of America. Um, and that is, to me was just such an issue. Yeah, that's definitely when I started to work towards ending gun violence. I really appreciate you sharing that background with me and I'm, I'm really glad to have this conversation with you. If you're comfortable, I'd really like to start off, I'd like to start off with you explaining your thoughts and what was going through your mind when you saw the headlines about the shootings in Atlanta on March 16th and then in Boulder on March 22nd. What were your thoughts when you heard what happened? The first thing when I saw uh, when I saw these headlines, well, the first thing I was thinking, I was just like, dang, like, I guess it's that time again. Like, I guess, like, we're going back to normal. Like, I guess the pandemic's over. Like, the regular routines are starting back up. Like, the, with these mass shootings. And it's just crazy. Well, yes, it's crazy, but it's something that's not out of the ordinary. Because again, like we've been seeing this happening. We've been seeing what's going on. And apparently what I found out today was the shooter that uh, the shooter that was in uh, Colorado, uh, he was born like, I guess, three days, I think. I'm not sure. But, I'm but when I uh, read it, I think it said that he was born three days before uh, the Columbine shooting. So it's just like, wow, like look at that. Like since Columbine, still nothing's changing. But and also when I look at these headlines, like obviously, like there's all there's always like some sort of oh sugarcoating when it comes to uh when white men do these acts, either it'd be oh like he's having a bad day or like oh like you know like the usual stuff. So especially with the Parkland shooting, how like I guess people were trying to like blame video games and stuff like that, but it's just like let that been a black person is oh like a thug oh like they don't know what they're doing like it's just a whole bunch of negative like a whole bunch of negative negativity on the black community when it comes to black men ha having guns or black people and the gun violence situations but when it's a white person it's always oh like it's always had to be like oh we need to help this person oh like we need to focus on like rehabilitation instead of incarceration but and again like 
and a lot of the times in America, like all these unarmed people, uh, unarmed black people are being killed. Like uh, for example, like Breonna Taylor, she was in the comfort of her own bed and the police officers come in and shoot her. But a white man can carry a AR-15 and like, and they just acting like it's just a usual, like a, like a usual drill, like talking to the guy, like, I don't know, it's like, obviously when it comes to black people, I feel like police officers shoot to kill, but when it comes to white people, it's more so de-escalate the situation. Now, I don't know, like this stuff is just crazy. Like the headlines, like publicists, I feel like they know what they're doing, but at the same time, like they don't. And yeah, I guess that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, all that makes sense. And thank you for explaining some of those thoughts to me. So I would also, uh, what changes do you think, or maybe, what changes do you hope will come from these acts of gun violence? What are you thinking is going to come from here? Um, I feel like it's becoming more of a reality for a lot of groups of people other than uh, Black Americans, especially for, like for the Asian community. Like I'm not well, I'm not really educated on like how often uh, Asian hate crimes happen, especially like as big as what happened in Atlanta. But I feel like I definitely feel like it definitely shook the Asian community where. It, like gun violence is like a priority and gun violence, well, in Asian hate in general is one of the, a big top priority. I feel like that can also like cause more solidarity between the Asian and black community. I'm sorry, I kind of blank. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> um, what changes would you, uh, do you think is gonna happen or or will come from, from these acts? <laughs> um, changes? Yeah, other than more solidarity, I don't really see like big changes happening because again, like we've seen this all happen before. Like we've we know the cycles. Like it's going to be a, like like a whole bunch of media attention around these issues for a couple weeks, maybe a couple of days. We'll see, and then like it's just going to go silent, and like hopefully, like lawmakers will understand like what's going on. Like people are dying. But yet, like, I feel like a lot of the times, especially like for, like, especially with my situation, like a lot of times, like people just don't understand until it happens in their lives. Not to say like the, the more and more like stuff happens, because that's definitely not what it's something that we want to happen. But I feel like the more and more people are educating themselves, the more and more people are, you know, going, going into other communities and understanding what's going on with people. I feel like at least what we could get out of it out of this or the change that we're going to see out of this is more people understanding and more people looking at gun, at gun violence as a big issue. Yeah, definitely. I think at the very least, people are paying attention. You touched on the pandemic kind of ramping down. Why do you think there is such an increase in gun violence right now? There have been over 100 mass shootings in the U.S. since the beginning of the year, and I've definitely been overwhelmed by the news about all the different incidents. Why are those incidents ramping up right now? Um, I feel like a lot of the time, well, I feel like, especially like for the pandemic, like we all had time to think and self-reflect and that might be for the good or for the bad. And for a type of person who's, who does these types of acts, like, so say for example, uh, how we had the, um, the capital rights, uh, the, FBI, the FBI arrested a lot of people who, well, first of all, some of these people are already on the FBI uh, watch list and they were planning on like really killing African-Americans. Like these people had guns guns for days, like just like ready to go to war. And we've seen, and they also had like bombs and stuff like that. 
So it's just like, obviously you can't make these plans overnight. It, like, oh, at least I hope not. Like, well, I don't know. But I feel like the pandemic definitely gave people a lot of free, uh, had a lot of, a lot of people had a lot of free times on their hands to come up with these heinous acts. And I just feel like now that the uh, pandemic is not necessarily coming to an end because COVID is still out there. But, but I feel like now, that, I feel like it's less to do with the pandemic, but more so, uh, weather getting warmer i know for a lot of times especially here in dc like when it, uh, when the summertime comes around like that's when gum uh, lines usually increases so i feel like the pandemic coming to an end and also uh, the temperatures getting warmer it kind of is going hand in hand so i feel like that might have some reasoning behind it also like who really knows why people do what they do yeah i think that's a really good point as well and you mentioned a little bit about taking some time off of activism. I think when you first went into college, you said. I think a lot of people who have been following the news closely may feel overwhelmed or frustrated right now after the shootings. But what do you do when you need some time off? Do you have any advice about, or could you talk some about the importance of taking a break? Yeah, so for me, I don't know, I feel like this is for a lot of Black, black people as well. Like, always seeing on social media, like, how black people get treated in America can is definitely like very triggering. Like for me, like I'm not the type of person who like for like I'm not the type of person who like takes disrespect lightly. Like I'm I'm a reactive person. Like I will always defend myself and defend the people that I love. And also like and also like with my ancestors as well. Like the things that they had to go through it just is just so crazy so the fact that we're seeing like a lot of this stuff in a different form like to this day like it just it is crazy to me and a lot of times it's, it gets triggering because just like I get mad like I get sad like and it's really crazy like for example like the Capitol riots like that was the biggest slap in the face for me like having been to protest in DC like a lot of the times we couldn't even go around the block without getting harassed by police officers but yet like they let all these white people come into the capital and just do whatever they want with it so it's just like where is the priorities but as far as like self-care like I tend to like stay away from social media like I try not to like try not to argue with people online. I feel like especially well, I don't do that like now, like as I get older, but like like especially in high school. Cause a lot of times like when you talk to people, like they really do not try to especially when it comes to like black issues, like they it's either they don't really understand, which isn't like one hundred percent their fault. But like at the same time, it's like they try actively not to understand. So it's just like that also gets irritating too. Like for so I guess for me, it's just trying to, it's just run away as far as possible from people. Like, I just tune everything out. Like, I just stay off of social media. Like, I try not to, like, engage in, like, conversations that will, like, either get hit or just get heated or, like, have difference of opinions. Like, I just try to just, like, just protect my peace, like, and just live out my life normally without activism and then jump back in when I have the energy to entertain it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a great point, and it's really important for people to hear right now. I have one last question for you that I'm definitely interested to get your take on. Lots of young people, particularly college students, want to create change, and they want to make a difference in the world. Do you have any advice that you'd want to share with these people who may not really know where to get started? Yeah, definitely. 
I feel like you don't necessarily have to be an activism, uh, not activism, you don't have to necessarily be an activist to create change. Like not everybody has to be the next MLK, not everybody has to be the next president. Like, cause I feel as though real change starts in your community and the areas that you, like that you're present in and the areas that you touch the most. Like for me, it was starting with having simple conversations with my white counterparts as far as like uh, black liberation goes. Like, and it might not be easy, but it's definitely like a first step having those difficult conversations with people that you might not, that might not usually uh, get this. Also, the first step is also education. Like you have to know what you're talking about and you have to know like what's going on if you really want to create a uh, change. And again, like I feel like like re I feel like reinvesting in your community is the best way to get stuff done. Cause it's just like you're in this space, you know this, you know that space like better than anybody else. Like you are that space. You grew up in it, you like interact with it every day. So I feel like like try not to focus on what everybody else is doing or like in like in other states or stuff like that. Focus on you and your community, how you how you and your community can improve. So that goes for like when you're when it's time to vote, like voting for your local representatives and making sure your local your local representatives are doing the right thing. Cause it's just like we can't all like we can't all depend on our presidents to do stuff. We can't all depend on these bigger and major figureheads to stuff. Cause I feel like change definitely starts at the bottom and will eventually find find its way to the top. I'm really glad that I got to talk with Anthony and think that his advice about taking care of yourself and your community was really helpful. Being from right outside of Boulder, I felt pretty helpless and pretty frustrated hearing about the attack, but Anthony's words reminded me that taking some time away from social media and the constant stream of current events can be really helpful and sometimes really necessary. If you're feeling overwhelmed, take a step back take some time away and then refocus when you're feeling ready because change comes when you focus on you and your community. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and you can follow Anthony on Instagram at underscore ant 333 underscore to follow along with his content and get connected with him. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.